Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The single setback. He gets the ball. He gets hit. I don't think he got there. It's going to be close. It's going to be oh so close. It's Seahawks football. He did not make it. Madison got the handoff, tried to go over his right guard, and did not get there. Didn't get there. Nah, baby, nah. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michaels' show continues on. Hey, our friends at Van Horn Automotive want to buy your car. If you're looking to sell your vehicle and just get some cash during these difficult times, they're looking to give you the Kelly Blue Book instant appraisal offer, instant appraisal offer, or, by the way, uh, if you want to buy, with no pressure to buy another car, new or used. But if you want to, they can help you out. They got new, they got used. Whether you want to go into the stores or you just want to look for it online before you go in, go to VanHornAuto.com. That is VanHornAuto.com. I've done it now with them four different times and love it each and every time. Uh, a great experience. And if you want to schedule service online, you can do that as well. They continually practice CDC uh, recommendations, sanitizing, cleaning, doing everything with high touch point areas so you can feel safe walking through the doors. They are family born, they're employee owned, and they are highly, highly recommended by yours truly, who has now, like I said, done it four different times with them. Go to vanhornauto.com. That's vanhornauto.com. Our good buddy, our green and gold insider from NFL Serious Radio, Mike Clemens, joining us. On the Schneider Orange Hotline. Hello, Michael. How you been, buddy? Pretty good. That's your buddy, too, that calls those Seahawks games, right? We have him on the yep. Super Bowl. That's yep. Steve that's up there from Seattle. S- Steve Rabel. He's such a good guy, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this brings up this question about analytics and football. You see these NFL coaches with their card and their headsets and their shields or face mask. And Matt LaFleur had a call like that. He's up, well, I think, 7 to nothing, 7 to 3 in Green Bay against the Falcons. Monday night football. Rodgers is moving the ball into the red zone, and then he gets, he, he throws a ball to Darius Shepard, in which Shepard really should have been in the end zone running that route, not alongside the goal line. And Atlanta stops him. So it's a fourth and one. But you've got this momentum. You want to put away this team early. And so LaFleur gets a little greedy. He calls a fourth and one play. That ends up being a bad play call because, you know, they're in a zero coverage there. They've got they've got all their guys up in the line. They're anticipating it's going to be some kind of a run. There's nothing on the back end for Rodgers to dump off to. And they end up stopping the play at the goal line, the goal line stand. And then, and then you've got Mike Zimmer. Vikings are playing a great game. Even though Delvin Cook has left the game with an injury, you're up in Seattle. You're playing this hot Seahawks t- team in the rain against Russell Wilson and company. And so then Zimmer goes for it uh, at the six-yard line. He's up 26-21. Why not just kick a field goal, make it an eight-point game? He tries to run it, and the Seahawks stop. 
They put the ball back in Russell Wilson's hands. He drives down the field, touchdown DK Metcalf, and they're celebrating. So we asked LaFleur about this yesterday. Did you watch that game Sunday night? And do you waffle between the analytics and what the chart says on, on a play call like that, a fourth and one? Or do you just go with a gut feeling sometimes when you make these calls? Yeah, I think that happens almost on a weekly basis. Uh, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I know what some of the analytics say. Uh, sometimes you kind of get a lot of that information after the fact. And and that's why I think it's so important that you, you stay up to date and, and are in tune with what is going on around the league so you can have a lot of these discussions prior to getting in certain situations. But so for the most part, I would say you're relying more on, on the gut feel that you have. At least that's how we, we've operated here for the last year and a half, more more so on the gut feel. But again, a lot of these conversations take place on a weekly basis uh, w- with our guys here. And our guys do a great job bringing, bringing us a lot of different scenarios that do come up across the league and, and we talk through them and, you know, you kind of go through and, and try to think, especially when like, you know, watching that game live, you're trying to put yourself in that situation, trying to think, all right, what, what would I do right here? And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. That's just, that's just the nature of the game. But I think you always got to trust kind of the, your gut and the feel that you have for your football team as, as well as just the flow of the game. So, Mike, uh, when you talk about the analytics, and I get it, but normally during a bye week you're doing a lot of self-scouting. And while you can do that, you still have only four games into this, a relatively small sample size. So what did he and the assistant coaches do? Well, everybody, Bill, talks about, well, gee, the bye came at a good week, huh? I mean, you, you got these injured players. It's tackle football. After three or four games, everybody has got bruises, and they're right. banged up from head to toe. And they'd like to take a weekend off and try and get their bodies back. Except that when you have a bye after week four, now you're looking at 12 games plus hopefully the postseason. And with the new playoff scenarios, there's only one team that's going to get that bye in the first week. So there's no rest for the weary now. You're playing football all the way to the Super Bowl, hopefully. And the other thing is this. You know, we've heard stories over the years, John Gruden. Uh, Mike McCarthy, and even one of McCarthy's assistants, Ben McAdoo, who got a head coaching job. You hear about these young quality control assistants. They're working for the coordinators. The coordinator says, oh, you know what? I need a breakdown. If they if they go with this guy at quarterback or this guy at middle linebacker, I need a breakdown of all their tendencies. Could you do that? And, of course, the guys were there working all night long until he has it ready at 6 o'clock the next morning where he's cutting up tape or some kind of report you know, they're doing all-nighters, and coaches do all-nighters. I mean, they're players. You ask me, ever been in coaching? No, because they have no life. And so I wondered if some of these guys were able to get away during their bye week. I asked LaFleur that, if anybody's still doing all-nighters in his staff, because uh, the, the, I leave the parking lot at 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and there's still 20 cars in there working on tape. Um, I asked him if his coaching staff was able to take a break during this bye. Yeah, no, I think our guys got away. They, they, um, for the most part, I, I came in here a few times and the halls were pretty, pretty empty, which is a good thing. Cause I do think that everybody needs to, to recharge during this time. And, um, you know, you got to take advantage of it because the season is long and, and we do work a lot of hours. I think it's a great time for us to 
reconnect with our families. I think that's always important because you got to have some sort of balance in this profession. Uh, same with our players. So um, I, I thought it was, I thought it, overall though, it was a productive week. Well, I, when he says they got away, he's just talking about got out of the building because I know they didn't really leave town, right? They didn't. They couldn't unless they took a drive to Door County. I mean, really, that's pretty much it. Uh, they had to stay in Green Bay. So now they're taking on this Buccaneers team, the Bruce Arians. Bruce is now like 67. He emerged as a head coach when he filled in for Pagano with the Colts and showed that he could, you know, had that moxie bottom in his late 50s, an offensive coordinator. Then he had his run with the Cardinals. And he came back because, you know, even though he had Jameis Winston, there was still plenty of talent on that Buccaneers team. He thought he had a pretty good organization. And now, and now he gets Tom Brady in his lap. And so he can make a run. So Matt LaFleur talked about what is he seeing on tape so far about this 2020 Buccaneers team with that 3-2 and two record? Well, you just look across their roster, and they, they've got players um, both offensively and defensively. They're very athletic, a very fast team. And uh, offensively, they're capable of some, some big-time plays. Uh, you know, they've got great skill positions. Uh, I think their O-line's really good. And then obviously they got a Hall of Fame quarterback. So there's there's a lot to to like about what, what uh, the talent that they have. Uh, the runners are they've got two extraordinary runners. I mean, they just got a lot of good pieces. And then defensively, I think you know going against Todd Bowles a few times, I think he is he's a tough guy to go against. I mean, they they have a really sound defense um, that can present a lot of different challenges. And so. They've got playmakers. They're very, very fast uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's, again, it's going to be a great challenge for us. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to put our best effort throughout the week in, in our preparation to go down there and, and get the result that we want to get. There you go, Matt LaFleur. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. We're talking with Mike Clemens, NFL Insider, Green and Gold Insider, and with NFL Serious Radio. Hey, don't forget, guys, uh, look, if you're inside, you're quarantined, you're cooped up, first you're binging on television, then eating, you're putting on pounds, been there, done that. If you want to go to a great place, call some really good people for the All-in-One Weight Loss Program. That's the uh, New Mail Medical Center, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Within days, I went on it. Back working out in the home gym, motivated. Here it is, late summer, early fall, sitting at 239, still just feeling great and going through the workouts every day. Just call Newmail Medical Center. They're going to help you get back in the game. Whether you're dealing with lack of energy and brain fog from low T, you could be suffering from ED, or you just want to shed some of the unwanted pounds. Take it from me, Newmail Medical Center. They can help with locations in Milwaukee and in Green Bay, but you got to call. Nothing happens unless you call. 414 414- Four five five four four five one. That's four one four four five five four four five one. More with Mike Clemens coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Pressure coming. Cook has it. Cannot get out of the ankle tackle. Inside the forty-five yard line of Green Bay. That's the rookie right there, and that is Chris Barnes, who comes down and makes a phenomenal play. This is a practice squad. One of the practice squad players are able to elevate, and you're going to see him read and diagnose. He's on the practice squad. He doesn't even know when he's going to get called up, and he beats not one, but two Vikings blocks big-time play from the rookie Bruin. There you go, Chris Barnes making an impact. 
coming in from the uh, coming in from well, just making an impact. I mean, the guy gets cut, comes back, and all of a sudden he's he's one of these guys where you're kind of shaking your head, going, "What? Wait a minute." Talking more about it, we've got our good buddy Mike Clemens from NFL Serious Radio joining us, uh, our Green and Gold Insider. So, Mike, he has been um, when, when you talk about Chris Barnes. He has been uh, a guy that, uh, against that Vikings game, as you just heard right there, getting seven tackles, he's been a guy that has opened a lot of eyes. Did did you see this coming? No, not in practice, because we're looking at Kamal Martin, and you know we're looking at Christian Kirksey, but Kirksey's out with a pectoral muscle. I don't even know if he can come back this season or not. And besides jumping off the page in the Vikings game, I was watching him last Monday night going, you know, left to right. I mean, bird dog and hounding anything. Todd Gurley and company trying to come out of the backfield. That's what I liked is that hustle. Even when they were up by a couple of touchdowns, he was not going to be denied. He's all over the field. And Chris Barnes, you know, him and Jordan Love growing up together, high school. Uh, Chris goes to UCLA. Uh, he's the one that's highly recruited out of high school. It's Jordan Love that comes out of Utah State as the first-round draft. But those two guys are close. And Burns is just, I mean, even though he's an undrafted guy, he just absorbs everything. I love how his excitement and enthusiasm. And then he got to wear the radio helmet last week, switching that off with Ty Summers, Mike Pettin, trusting him just three games into his career as an undrafted rookie. And we asked him if he ever called plays at UCLA and how did it feel to be calling plays on Monday Night Football? Oh, okay. I, I guess we don't have that cut. It's cut five from uh, Chris Barnes. Uh, so anyway, what he said was, okay. It went pretty well. You know, I did a little bit of play calling in uh, in college, so it wasn't like my first time doing it. Definitely first time doing it in NFL, but so it was, you know, getting an adjustment of hearing the microphone in the game time, but luckily we have it, you know, at practice, so it's not nothing like nothing new. But it was definitely, you know, a little bit of adjustment, but once you're in a flow of things and you practice it all week and you get back to where you, you know, where you're grounded and you're able to just make plays, so I don't think it was too big of a challenge. I uh, I like the direction that some of the young guys are going. You got a guy like Raven Green as well making an impact. Uh, Kingsley Kiki making an impact. Mike, there's uh, there's quite a few guys that I don't think at the beginning of the season we looked at and said, "Oh, this guy's going to be a, a fortification of that defense." And you're starting to find out that some of them are. And I'll tell you what, Bill. Um, I was thinking about this Bucks game and what I saw the Bucks playing the Bears the other night. And even though O.J. Howard has gone down with an Achilles at tight end for the Bucks, there's still Rob Gronkowski out there. And who right. better feels good about throwing over the middle than the Gronkowski or big, big six foot five Mike Evans? Most quarterbacks don't like throwing the hash marks. But do you remember how Phillip Rivers just tore apart the Packers' defense uh, when they were visiting out there in L.A. last year? He threw yep. 20 balls over the middle and getting chunk plays out of it. And I'm just concerned that if that's how this Mike Pettin defense could be attacked again. I mean, I even saw a couple of successful plays for Matt Ryan that way. Now, you get Raven Green back, and this is the guy they like to play at safety or at that hybrid linebacker, that he can be the dime guy. He is, uh, but and they keep bringing him back because I think they just trust that he's, he's worth it. He's had an ankle injury in 2018, again in 2019. He's been dealing with a quad and a shoulder, but it looks like now he's finally might be good to go and could settle in. And we asked him about 
you know, just the perseverance to keep on coming back and 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 why he thinks he can still make it in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt pretty comfortable out there, uh, just kind of tapering, tapering my reps up and um, starting to really hit my stride. And I feel like the support system around here, uh, starting from the coaches to the athletic training staff to the sports psychologists, everybody. Uh, is kind of all in the same in the same uh, direction, and I utilize those resources. And I mean, I'm just glad to be in this position that I'm in uh, going forward. I feel like I'm going to be extremely comfortable going into games. Um, I, you just hope that I keep hearing about teams that go deep into the postseason. They're not necessarily full of all stars and full of pro bowlers. They got pro bowlers, but they have depth. They have good at all their positions, or at least the majority of their positions. Mike, I think the Packers have gotten to the point where they're not great, and they're not top five. Hell, they may not even be top ten, but they're good at a lot of positions. They're just not great. You know what I mean? Well, here's the other thing. They've invested an awful lot in that defense for first-round picks at corners, for the free agents that they got in the Smith brothers and Adrian Amos. They've invested, invested. And how did, you, how did your season come to an end last year? The 49ers ran over you. There's two or three teams in the league that could do that to you. And so I kind of think that Mike Patton's a little bit on notice that at some point this defense has to get to a higher identity. And they did at the first half of last year until the offense started to come around a little bit more. I just think that that's something that we need to watch is what is Mike Patton going to do, particularly in this challenge against Tom Brady and a Buccaneers team that looked like they were going to take a win against the Bears at Soldier Field the other night. And even though Mike Evans and Scotty Miller are a little knocked up uh, or banged up, and you got Tom Brady out there throwing to guys like Tyler Johnson and Jaden McKindens and Tanner Hudson, these guys all like getting their first catches of the year from you know the goat. Um, and then on defense, toward the end of the game, Vita Villa is their is their Kenny Clark, 350 pounds in the middle. They've been holding teams to 50 yards or less. In runs, they held David Montgomery to 35 yards with the Bears. But in one of the final drives, when the Bears got that go-ahead field goal, this guy broke a leg. So that's a big hit for Bruce Arians. And you know, Bruce is usually a guy; it's very straightforward. But he kind of went into defensive mode when that game slipped away and they lost it to the Bears. Here's Bruce Arians after the loss to the Bears. What was your message to the team after the game? Uh, see who we are next week. This was one game that. Um... I felt like we got out coached and um, got outplayed. So we'll find out next week. Okay. Then the next question is, well, what's the deal with Tom Brady? I mean, he's got the ball in his hand and it's uh, like fourth down. And instead of just getting seven yards, he needed, he's thrown downfield. And then he's looking around like, why are you guys all leaving the field? And he's holding up four fingers. It's so Bruce has asked after the game, did your quarterback know it was fourth down on that play? Bruce, at the end of the game there, that last drive, it, it looked like Tom might have been confused with what down it was. Did he not know it was fourth down? Yeah, he knew. He knew. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> so Brady was asked about the play after the game. Was it clear for you guys whether it was third or fourth down on, on that last play? Yeah, we just uh, you're up against the clock and you're up against the, the uh you know, I knew we had to gain a chunk, so I should have been thinking more first down instead of chunk on that down. So, you know, they're know. getting drilled for that in Tampa Bay now. You know, they're getting drilled for that. Right. Well, an angry Tom Brady is not going to be a Tom Brady you want to face who was, you know, embarrassed on that Thursday night game, Mike. And, um, you know, I get that he wants to defend his quarterback, and that's great, but he, he forgot. 
you know, so, I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. But in addition to that, uh, you know, look, uh, the, the questions back here in our own backyard, Aaron Rodgers being asked uh, a lot and also Matt LaFleur about, hey, you've got all these different weapons. You keep talking every week about getting A.J. Dillon more involved. Have you been able to do that, you know? Yeah, and I saw Aaron Jones. You know, he took some shots. The Falcons were keen on Aaron Jones, and even though he had some nice gains, man, I mean, Jamal Williams is wide open because they're not keen on him. Aaron Jones has taken a beating. And so Aaron Rodgers, I thought, came up with a great answer as to why they're not using that 250-pound rookie running back, A.J. Dillonmore, in these games. You know, Rooks, uh, we've all been there. You put so much pressure on yourself in certain moments, and a lot of it's practice as a young player because, you know, that's kind of you like your time to, to show that you can do it. And I think once you start to relax a little bit as far as demeanor, I'm not talking about approach or, or preparation, but relax a little bit as far as demeanor, that's a lot of times when you see kind of that – the talent come out and the, uh, the game slow down a little bit and he's starting to get there. So that's, as an older player, you've seen it so many times. It is kind of, it's, it's fun to see a guy like him who is very talented, you know, start to crack a smile at practice and joke around. I got him to, you know, to kind of break the seriousness today. You know, we were in the, uh, in the shotgun and, and I kind of just teased him about something, and he had this big smile on his face. And that's what you like seeing, it, the, him just kind of be more comfortable out there. Because the more comfortable you are in that environment, I, I always feel like that's when you can just react and not play. You're not just single-minded on, like, what I have to do, and you kind of go into a automated robotic mode. Um, you know, I feel like he's uh, he's getting there. You know, he's got two great guys in front of him, and obviously swerved to so many things uh, as, like, a running back hybrid receiver. But uh, but I have been uh, we've all been I think impressed with uh, AJ starting to, starting to come along. Mike uh, AJ Dillon, even though he's only carried the ball eight times, still for the times he's had actual snaps in the game, he's been highly recommended and highly touted by Pro Football Focus for some of the analytics that he's put up. Right, but it's Tyler Irvin who right now is out with kind kind of a wrist injury. He's been such an added value for speed back there. And Jamal Williams, man, that guy, you know, last week Aaron was like 6-for-6 six six to Jones and 8-for-8 eight for, eight for Jamal Williams when you're short Devontae Adams and you've lost Alan Lazard for a while to surgery. So it's just amazing what they've been able to get out of those running backs. There was another thing that Rogers said I thought that was really interesting when it came to relating to playing in these stadiums without crowds. I'll tell you what, if you want to take a break, let me dig that cut up for you, okay? Let me do that. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us. We're going to wrap things up coming up next. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, or excuse me, on Thursday night, Andy Herman, Ross Uglum, PackerReport.com. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle, and it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. We'll wrap it up. Coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Trip, just like mom made, they've got some dishes right now. You just stop in, you pick it up, you take it home, you pop it in your microwave. Oh, so good. They got you covered. What's for dinner tonight? It's Quick Trip, I'm telling you. Stop in and check it out. Mike Clemens, our Green Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And uh, as we get ready to wrap things up, but uh, but Mike, uh, I want to let you, you know, kind of pick up where you left off before we went to break. Well, it's just this. Um, we're going into this stadium now. 
Raymond James Stadium. Now they're going to let in, as you said earlier in the show, about 15,000 fans. Uh, and we, I've gotten a, a variety of different takes from Devontae Adams saying, you know, you're 40 yards downfield, you catch a ball on the sidelines, and when there's no you know, crowds going nuts, you don't know, gee, am I in, am I out? Like, you stand up from the play, and you're looking around like, all right, are you guys coming down here, or do I have to run 40 yards back right. to the huddle? Was I out of bounds? And the defense has had some different takes on it as well as to how, how weird it is. But I thought Aaron Rodgers, typically of Aaron Rodgers, he just took it to a whole nother level because the, the, the conversation was about analytics, how much Lafleur goes by the chart and the math, how much does he go with the gut, how much do you go by gut, even though he knows tendencies. And here's what Aaron Rodgers' reply was to this issue. I think that there's momentum uh, in a game, and I, and I, I believe that there's been some, some analytic guys over the years who don't really believe in momentum. Uh, but to me, it's a tangible energy you can feel on the field. I believe it's a lot less without a crowd. I really do. You know, I think that's a, a big part of the game. Sometimes there's an avalanche of tsunami, if you will, of um, uh, emotion and energy that can spur on an offense or a defense. Depends on what side of the ball is on the field and if you're playing at home or away. That can re- be really tough uh, to contend with. Um, at the same time, you having to create kind of your own energy on the sideline and obviously when you play on the field it is a bit different this season but there are momentum swings and uh, swings in confidence that greatly affect I believe the efficiency of an offense or a defense based on how you play at that time how you're the opposing or the other side of the ball for your team is playing you know if your defense is rolling that can really give your offense confidence and momentum uh, that you can kind of relax a little bit more maybe and, and, and trust that the defense is going to do it. Maybe it allows you to play a little freer um, and vice versa. Now, when you're on the flip side of that, it, you know, it can add some, some extra pressure to, uh, to a certain drive or a play or a situation. Um, but again, I think a lot of that's tempered based on the fact that we don't have the same type of energy from a crowd that, that uh, can create and add, well, it can add to, maybe not create, but can add to the momentum of uh, certain situations. I, uh, Mike, I, I completely concur. I get it where the, the crowd, that momentum, that energy, that you, it's an intangible. You can't put a number on it. You can't do sabermetrics to it, you know? No, and I just think it, it's, it's great when he says, look, there is something to momentum. And when you got 70,000 fans, it's a tsunami and it makes a difference. So I don't know if Kevin King is going to be able to go this week because of a hamstring. Um, by the way, you might have seen people tweeting out about Giorgio Tavecchio a kicker that they once had in camp four or five years ago. He played for the Lions and Raiders. Why are they bringing in kickers? The answer is there was no preseason. And so it's easier to bring these guys to Green Bay to try them out just to see the are. Because if Mason ever got hurt, then you got fresh status. So that's what's going on there. Mason Crosby's just fine. Good stuff, as always, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk again uh, soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the program, A.J. Hawk, the former Packers linebacker, is going to be here. And Ross Tucker, you heard him say it a little while ago, he has the Packers as the number one team in the NFL. Do you agree? That's part of our discussion tomorrow. Time for us to go now. Have a going. Sweep!
talking station strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.